Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. My name is Brianna Larimer, business trainer and consultant, and with me today, a very, very, very special guest. I'd like to welcome Dr. Marshall Stewart our Vice Chancellor of Extension and Engagement, and the Chief Engagement Officer for the University of Missouri Systems. Well, thank you, it's good to be with you. Oh, well, it's my honor. I mean, you just came off of a major announcement, um, and so there's gonna be some changes in your future. You wanna talk a little bit about it? Life is changing, yes. Um, Come January 23rd, I'll be the Senior Vice President for Executive Affairs, Partnerships, and um, an engagement working at K-State University in Manhattan, Kansas. So uh, opportunity to go try something different that I haven't done before and uh, uh, hopefully leaving things in good shape here at the University of Missouri. But it's been a joy to be here. It has been absolutely, I tell people, Brianna, it's been the most affirming and invigorating time of my career. It absolutely has been spectacular. Uh, We've been through hard times, we've been through good times, but it's all been good in that it's been a, a great team effort by not only people that work here, but the people of Missouri to embrace us and allow us the privilege of serving Missouri and delivering Mizzou. Yes. And that's really what it's all about. And so I look forward to this conversation. Absolutely. Well, and I want to talk a little bit about that extension work. I, when, when you thought about where you came, North Carolina, right? You were right. working with an extension for a while there. But what is it about extension that has drawn you into that line of work? Well, I tell people that fundamentally, if you go into my core, what, what is it that drives Marshall Stewart is to serve, lead, and grow others. Mm-hmm. That's really what it comes down to. And that's not anything I dreamed up one day. It's just been a life of work of figuring out how do we uh, live out our lives. And what the university has done for me, be it NC State or be it Mizzou or now going to K-State, is to live that out. It gives me a platform, a place to work where I get to live out mission and do work at the same time. And so work isn't really work anymore. Mm-hmm. It's mission. And you're allowed, you, you find yourself doing stuff that you'd literally do if you weren't even getting paid. Now, I don't want people to read anything in that. <laughs> I do like a paycheck. But uh, but it, but it's also something that it work changes when that happens because work becomes joy. It, it's uh, it's a thing where you almost feel like you dread to see Friday, you look forward to Monday because you know that you're going to get to do what you're designed to do, which for me is to serve, lead, grow others through the work of the University of Missouri. And, you know, it's so interesting because we talk about that a lot. Ray and Dewey and I have all had conversations about that idea of, you know, if you find what you love, if you find your purpose, if you find your mission, um, then you really never feel like you work that day in your life. And it becomes just ingrained and embedded into uh, who you are as an individual. So that's great. It really does. And and I think it's something so many people never find that they they look at position, they look mm-hmm. at title. They look at trying to move up the ladder. People have asked me to come into my office, even since I've been here, especially younger professionals, wanting to know, well, what if I wanted to do what you do? How do I get there? I wish I could say there's a plan. It's really about immersing yourself in what you do, really thinking about, um, and I've I've shared this, I I think the way you find purpose is to really, in those moments when you're doing something and you find Man, I love what I'm doing right now. I would do this for the rest of my life because it's just it's just so right in my workspace. This is the work I want to do. You need to stop for a moment and say, what is it I'm doing that I love about mm. this? What is it? Is it because I get to work with people? Is it because I get to train? Is it because I get to whatever that is? And when you find that space and then you say, okay, how can I replicate that? Where are positions that would enable me to do that? 
and you find that and that's what you do. And I, I know that's uh, not something everybody finds, Brianna. I know that it's uh, something that a lot of people search for. Uh, but I don't think uh, you'll find joy in title. You don't. Find, I got a lot of title, <laughs> and I and I appreciate it. I'm honored to be a vice chancellor. I'm honored to be a chief engagement officer, and all that stuff. But that's not the joy. The joy is knowing that the actions I take with the team around me, with people that I work with, stakeholders working with folks on the university campus or colleagues around the country, is that I know that in some way I'm serving, leading, growing others. It always goes back to that. And if I've got that the rest of it becomes easy. Even in difficult times when you have to make tough budget decisions and all that, it's through that lens that keeps you sane mm -hmm. so that you don't you don't lose it because you know that you're doing this, this action to hopefully allow more of this to happen over here. Yes. Well, and I want to, I, I hope that all of our folks on today are, are able to kind of pause for a minute to kind of reflect on some of those things you mentioned and finding that space what is it that you love about what you do? Or what is it that you're learning you don't love about what you do? And so, Dr. Stewart, as we're kind of pulling back and we're thinking about um, extension work, if you could talk briefly about the impact of extension work for, uh, I mean, in our case, obviously, the state of Missouri, um, but other states as well that have the land-grant institutions. Well, you know, land-grants do exist in every state. And uh, if you go back and look at the history of it, it was uh, it really goes back to Abraham Lincoln's day when in 1862 he signed what we know as the Morrill Act, mm -hmm. uh, named after Justin Morrill, who was a United States senator from Vermont. Uh, they really created the Land Grant Act, and that act was to enable people to have access to higher education. If you think about prior to that, uh, it was only the affluent and the well-connected that got into universities. 1862 was the first time there had been a federal partnership between the federal government and higher education. It did not happen before. There had been a federal grant. You know, we have them today, and we don't well, think about USDA and NIH and NSF giving grant money. It didn't happen. There was no such thing as all that. So what you've got now is this first partnership is when the government said, we're going to sell some land. We're going to give the proceeds to the states and the states are going to use that to look at areas like practical arts, uh, engineering, as we would call it today. They're going to look at agriculture. They're going to look at these areas. And the idea was it's not just those that come to the university, but how can we disseminate information out into the community? Mm -hmm. And that angle of it continued to grow through the late 1800s into the early 1900s. And then in 1914, they realized we just can't get the information out there fast enough. How can we do it? So they federalized, they gave federal investment to extension. And that's what created extension in every county in the U.S. 3,000 counties have extension programs. And so that's what did it. So it's, it's important to think about extension being the extending of the university, mm -hmm. extending the research, the capabilities of faculty, of knowledge, of information into community to enable them to do better in their lives, be it in agriculture or be it in youth development like 4-H or be it in medicine or health as we're doing at the University of Missouri or whatever it may be. How do you extend the institution? So when I fast forward that today, if you look at the University of Missouri, we are probably one of the few institutions, if not the only one in America, land-grant institution, fully engaged all the way across every college and school at the university. It's a very unique model. We're all, the only one in the country that engages across an entire system where all four campuses have connection to that. And the end result is that we affect the lives of 6.2 million Missourians. That's our student body. Those are the ones that we affect. And when you look at an economic impact on that, uh, the last study we did this past year was $1.2 billion of impact that we have on the citizens of Missouri. And when you look at that, that is an incredible ratio of return to the people of Missouri. 
You know, it's like a one to 13 ratio for the dollars they put in to extension. And it's just an incredible number uh, that really helps the institution have greater impact on all the citizenry because it is our job. It is our public service mission. If you think about institutions having a research mission, that's knowledge creation. You think about an institution having a teaching mission, that's knowledge transfer. And then in the extension space, it's knowledge application. And we apply it to 6.2 million Missourians in various ways across an entire university, Mizzou, and UMSL, UMKC, and ST in our case in Missouri. And it's an exciting thing and a wonderful model that's been created by great people who believed in the vision, be it Dr. Choi at the senior level and other chancellors across the system, the curators. Everybody had to buy in for this to happen, and it's happened. Yeah. And today we live, and I was at UMKC yesterday seeing wonderful work they're doing. It's just incredible. I've been at UMSL. I was at UMSL last week. I was at ST two, three weeks ago. Uh, when you when you see what the work that's going on and how they're tying into extension and being able to disseminate across the state, it's just a it's it's a remarkable thing. But it, it's been enabled by people being willing to do it different, mm-hmm. think different, mm-hmm. and really embrace the engaged university. I love it. I love what you came up with this year. Serve Missouri, deliver Mizzou. Well, I really okay. believe that. I think when you fundamentally think about the University of Missouri, Columbia, and you think about what our what our job is. Mm-hmm. It is to serve Missouri and deliver Mizzou. And that really comes out of conversations over the years with our faculty who would often say, how do I, they'd ask me and say, you know, Marshall, how do, how do, how do I tell people what I do? Because extension is sort of an interesting term. Well, I'd say, well, you extend the university. Well, what, what does that mean? Well, when we when we peel all that back, and last year I was thinking through this a lot, thinking, okay, Stuart, you've been in this business a long time. You got to be able to answer this question. And actually, no one in the country has really come up with anything good. I mean, it's every attempt, elevator pitches. I've seen it all. I've seen all the stump speeches. I've seen all the things people come up with. And I said, you got to, I've got to believe we can come up with two or three words that Mm -hmm. are the, are the brand essence, the meaning, the purpose statement of who we are. And it just clicked with me one day that we serve Missouri and we deliver Missouri. And if we do that, life gets simpler because the, our stakeholders get it, our internal faculty, staff, our partners get it, and that becomes the mantra. It becomes the the, 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 the lens we look through when we make decisions, again, that we, we're all about serving Missouri and delivering Missouri. Yeah, it's incredible. Every time I've heard you speak, I've been with the extension for four years now, a little over four years. And uh, I never realized, you know, you hear about 4-H and you hear about um, different organizations like that within the community. But recognizing that it comes back to the heart of, of you know, delivering the zoo, taking that education out to the residents of Missouri. And, one of, the, incredible. and one of the neat things about that, you know, in Missouri, we have two land grant universities, obviously, uh, with Lincoln University. Uh, Lincoln University, for those who may not know, uh, is an HBCU uh, located in Jeff City, uh, has a really critical mission uh, of service and outreach to others. Uh, In uh, 1890, uh, there was a second land-grant act that was established to cover those schools in the South. You got to remember, it was a different era. Everybody didn't have access. This was to bring the African-American population into the mainstream and Mm -hmm. to create access for them. Today, those institutions are throughout the Southeast. You'll find uh, HBCUs that have the land grant designation. Mm-hmm. If you fast forward that to 1994, uh, uh, at that time, President Bill Clinton signed the 1994 Land Grant Act, which enabled land Native American institutions, primarily in the Midwest, Upper Midwest, and West, 
to have that same designation. So it's about access. It's about opportunity. It's about extending knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's about those whole things. That same model exists across the country now. It's in all states. Every state has at least one, if not multiple land grants. And uh, it's a wonderful thing that you think about the, the purpose of higher education yeah. uh, and how it transforms lives. In fact, I would say, and this is something that I really believe in. I think if you look at across history, what you find is that there was no middle class in America in 1862. There was a civil war going on. We were a divided country. There was a whole lot of stuff going on. It was only after the Land Grant Act that the middle class began to become a thing because prior to that, there was the affluent, well-connected. There were masses of poverty underserved here across rural America as it was being established. And so suddenly this access to higher education began to allow people to move from what we call today economic mobility from this side up. And it allowed a whole generation and multiple generations to have access to education, which enabled them to climb into the middle class. And I think it's uh, as much as we talk about land grant and agriculture and 4-H and extension and all the things we do. I really think that the, the defining factor of what Lincoln did was to create a middle class in this country. And most of us that are on here today, me and two of us sitting here, I'm sure we are middle class. I mean, that's what it, mm-hmm. and that's what you want to have happen. And if there's ever been a time in America, in my opinion, that the land grants can be relevant as ever it is right now, because we have seen a shrinking middle class. There's a way to do that. Land grants stand ready to begin to think about that again. And I think if we keep that as part of our idea of what we ought to be, I think we, again, continue relevance as land grant universities. And it was so, when I heard you mention that the first time, I think you were talking, you spent time talking to some college students that had come to to perform at one of our events here at Witten Hall. And I, number one, loved the fact that you just spent the time really providing that information, that history to them as well. And they got fired up about what Extension did. Um, But I found myself in that space recognizing exactly what you just said. Like what Extension work did is, is what allowed me to be a first gen college student, you know? And so what an incredible opportunity to be able to serve here. And and if you look at the history of extension, if you go back into the thirties, go back into twenties and thirties, you you can see how extension brought women, for instance, Mm -hmm. into uh, a modern, we think about women today in the workplace, working, uh, having jobs, uh, running businesses, ownership, entrepreneurship, all those things. We kind of see that as normal now. Uh, women obviously have the right to vote now. Mm. There was a lot of things that Extension did in those early days beyond helping with the uh, uh, things like rural electrification. They were big in that. They were big in helping telephone service get connected across this country, rural telephone. But they were also this idea of bringing people into a mainstream where they could have voice. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that if you look at the history of 4-H, if you look at the history of what we used to call home demonstration work and extension, which was women's programs to allow them to know how to create a job, how to have better skills in the home. Those are things that came out of extension and it truly transformed the country. I mean, th- there is a there is a thought there that if not for extension, what would this country be? And I think extension ain't just to own that. I think there's a in agriculture, I'll go just straight agriculture. Agricultural productivity in this country would not be what it is today, much less the world, if it hadn't been for extension, because you can have all the knowledge, research, information you want to have. But if you can extend that and impart that to people to use in the farm, if you go back to even the early 1900s when extension was federalized, at that time, there's a lot of subsistence farming. Farming became a business as we see it today 
where you can raise a family, own land, all that became a thing in the 30s after the Great Depression. It began to move. Extension was right in there teaching that on the ground, helping people do that. So in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, you saw agricultural productivity begin to skyrocket. It goes back to the land-grant university. The land-grant university system is one of the great uh, marquee things that has ever happened in this country. Uh, Often maybe missed by some historians, but I think really historians are beginning to realize too the importance of public higher education, which all is rooted out of this idea of the land-grant institution. Even, I was at UMKC yesterday, as I mentioned, I was talking to Molly Agrawal, the great chancellor there, and he said, you know, he said, we all live land grant, mm-hmm. even if we're not land grant. And I, I, he's right. Mm-hmm. He's exactly right. Public institutions all feel this public service mission to extend knowledge, and it comes out of this idea of the land grant. So even though you may not be land grant by charter, you are land grant by intent. Mm-hmm. And that's what is, to me, one of the great things about public higher education in general it has such an opportunity to affect lives in so many ways. Absolutely. You know, Dr. Stewart, I want to transition a little bit as we're thinking now um, your leadership style and kind of what you've, number one, brought to Mizzou and into MU Extension and engagement and system level. Um, you, one of the things I loved when you first started here, you made it a point to go out and to touch every county in the state of Missouri. Why? Well, I think you, you need to listen before you, you need to listen, which enables you to learn if you want to lead. And there's a lot of stuff been written about that since I've been here. And uh, one of the things that happened right after I got here that's maybe not widely known is I remember getting here and meeting with what we would call our executive team here, sort of the cabinet of extension. And they were ready to go. They were excited. Uh, I was excited. And they were talking about all these things we need to do, da, 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 da. And you, you can imagine. Um and it dawned on me as I sat in that meeting that day, we got to slow down and speed up. Mm-hmm. And so I said that in the meeting and a lot of heads turned and looked at me. I said, guys, we, we got to, this is not, and one of the things that leaders have to really be careful about is this was not to be NC State 2.0. This is Missouri 1. And I said, whatever we design is going to be built around Missourians. It is not, the culture's here different, the way the state was settled. Uh, the way agriculture is done. I mean, everything is, this is, every state's unique. And so I want to understand, I want to immerse myself in the state. So that's what started it. Um, it I've spent so many miles and almost years of my life learning about <laughs> Missouri. And I've been in places that Missourians in other parts of the state don't even know exist or in Missouri. And uh, it's one of the great uh, gifts I've gotten since I've been here because uh, I've been in all of them, as you say, I've, and, and the communities I've eaten in probably more church basements than anybody oh. uh, because <laughs> a lot of extension council meetings are held there. A, yeah. lot, of, a lot of casseroles. I've eaten a lot of casseroles um, <laughs> of all kinds. Uh, but it, and a barbecue is an adjective here. It depends on where you are, what they, what it, what mm. it tastes like mm-hmm. and what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, but, but that's been all part of the journey is to understand how the state was settled. Uh, how people came here, how why they stayed, um, the cultural pockets. You know, if you're in Atchison County, that's very much akin to being in Nebraska or Iowa, or maybe a little bit of north, what would be northeast Kansas. It it gives you that feeling that they sound like that area. They get their news feeds from those states out of state. Um, they they think in terms of Midwest. They're Midwesterners for mm-hmm. sure. If you go to Braggadocio, Missouri, down in southeast Missouri, you go to a little town called Braggadocio down there. Never if, even heard if, of that. You, oh, yeah, it's there. <laughs> Been there. Uh, if, if you go there, uh, what you find is a very southern approach. Um, 
really comes out of uh, deep south, certainly mid south. Uh, it has uh, you know a lot of Tennessee, Arkansas uh, uh, influence. Mm -hmm. uh, it very much is uh, the food they eat, the way they sound, uh, the way they think. It's just a different view. So when you look at that, those those two areas of the state to get from one point to the other takes you about 13 hours driving. Mm. Uh, that's a long ways. Mm -hmm. It's also a long ways in terms of how people think. And that's one of the neat things about Missouri is because it's in this, it, it's surrounded by eight states. Some are Midwestern, some are Southern, some are Southwestern. You think about Oklahoma, you think about, you know, you're moving into the West now. Uh, you think about being touched by uh, Kentucky. You think about Illinois. I mean, those are very different states. You know, mm -hmm. Oklahoma to Illinois, that's different. I mean, it's just, it looks different. It, the, it's just a different culture. And so all of those states influence Missouri. And so if you don't understand that, mm -hmm. you're going to be, you're not going to be as effective as you could be if you don't understand it. Because, you know, what I say is, the way I approach it is, what I say doesn't change. How I say it changes. And it changes based on where I am. Mm -hmm. Because I have a feel for what a person that's more Kansas City thinks than versus St. Louis because it's different. It's not good or bad. It's just different. And you have to understand that if you're going to be effective, as you think about building a state plan for extension and how we're going to approach this, you, you if you if you approach it one size fits all, you're never going to make it. You have to have some flexibilities in it. You got to have some uh, some uh, adaptation in it because it's different. And so all of that's been very informative. It's been a great run for me to see so many play. I did my last visit. I'd been scheduled to be in Putnam County three different times. Yeah. Uh, weather and illness and other things had gotten in the way each time. Uh, Joe Keenan was retiring last week. I guess it was about a week ago. Went up, surprised him. He didn't know I was coming. He had tried so hard to get me there. And here I am in their courthouse. Uh, made my last visit. So I had 114. Um, 14 counties. And we got them all. And, uh, and, and most of them I've been in multiple times. A lot of them I have been in multiple times because you do so much traveling in extension. And I think that's been one of the things I've truly enjoyed. Not only getting to know our extension faculty and staff, but also getting to know the people that are in those communities. You know, going and eating cookies at whoever's home at, on a farm or going into businesses and seeing how they do things, uh, be it in agriculture or be it in, in you know, manufacturing or whatever it was in. It's just been really a, a, a gift to me to, to know so much and to see so much. We were driving, Jan and I were in a part of the, we were down in Southwest Missouri recently and we're driving north toward Kansas City. She'd gone down to an event with me and I come up on, uh, uh, I see a sign for Lamar, Missouri. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and she said something about said Lamar. I said, yeah, that's where Truman was born. And she goes, how do you know that? <laughs> I said, because I've been to Lamar. I know, I know what's there. Uh, and you just learn uh, so much doing it. And one of the things I would encourage Missourians to do, Missourians tend to be very much, they love the place they're from. Mm -hmm. But you don't. Have, you, you can literally travel the world and never leave Missouri because you got Paris, Missouri. You got Lebanon, Missouri. Mm -hmm. You got the places of the world right here. And you need to go see Missouri. It's a great state, wonderful people, and just wonderful things to see. So 
I, I'm, I should be the tourism chief for you should for be. Missouri. You should. Well, and I, I think back to I remember fifth grade for me and I grew up in Arizona. And so um, I had told everybody I was born in Columbia yeah. and I said, I'm going to make it back home sometime. I'm going to make it back home sometime because Missouri was always yeah. home for me. And so it is. There's something special about our state. You know, but one of the things that I really appreciate, we talk often uh, here at Missouri Training Institute about you take care of your people, they'll take care of the work. And, you know, that's exactly what you did in that you go and you visited with everybody that you were going to be leading now in this to understand what is it that they need? What is it that they might want? You know, maybe I can do it. Maybe I can't. But we're going to listen and we're going to validate and support. And um, too often we just jump, I feel like, as, as leaders or um, you know, managers, supervisors, you just jump into something head on without taking the time to slow down to speed up well we have to and i think part of it too i go back and think about how we did it in those early days when i did a lot of listening mm-hmm. we kind of shaped an agenda that what we thought was right and then we would go out and sort of pressure test that uh, i think i made before we made any decisions about staffing or anything if i remember right we made five terms around the state so imagine going out getting a lot of information coming in a lot of data a lot of in- input putting that together, going out and doing PowerPoints, saying this is what we're seeing, help us refine this. We did that five times. And that's what began to shape it because when you're doing that, not only are you um, verifying, but you're also shaping narrative, helping people to get similar words. Like we use, if you go back and look at what really we built the platform on, it was the economy, education, health. Mm-hmm. You know, those are things that affect everybody's life life and they, they 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 feel it they want to do better in the economy they want to do better educationally they want to have better health care access and improved health care health indicators in their life and so uh, those are things we found as commonalities and so whether you're doing agriculture 4-h community development business development nutrition education whatever it may be we want that to be the lens that we're trying to lift the economy lift education lift uh, health for the state and if you do that then those people that don't know you, they can see themselves in extension. One of the things, too, I think was really important that kind of uh, made a few folks uncomfortable when I got here. I said, I want to definitely uh, engage with extension councils, want to do that all across the state. But I want to do what I call jump in the fence. I want to talk to people who don't know us. Mm-hmm. I want to know why they don't know us. Mm-hmm. But I also want to know what they think, because if you're not careful as a leader, it's an echo chamber. Yeah. You only hear what what you've heard. Or you hear things that uh, based on what they know. So we did, we were very intentional about getting people that were not connected to the university and or to extension to be a part of those conversations because that enriched it. And it made sure that we were focused not on the Missouri we knew, but the real Missouri, which is 6.2 million Missourians. And I really believe that that was so critical and it was something that kind of evolved as I got here and got into it is realizing we need to really think about the broader view of Missouri. And, uh, and it certainly worked. I mean, we've got greater resources today than we ever had. We're hiring left and right. Mm-hmm. It's every, everything's good right now. So uh, something has worked and the university has been fantastic to be supportive of that vision and to enable us to be a part of what I think has been one of the great renaissance of an institution, the university of Missouri and seeing where it is today institutionally all the way across the board to have been a part of that has been just a great gift as well. Well, and I want to, I want to pause and give credit where credit is due as well, Dr. Stewart, because I know you often, you're a very humble man and I appreciate that about you. And I know that one of the things that you always say is we did this together and we, we, we certainly did. You brought the vision forward. 
Well, I think the vision was here, Brianna, and, I, and I'm really careful about that because I, I do. I, I'll take credit for this. I think I'm a good dot dot connector. I think the the the, the intellectual uh, capacity to do this work, great history. And MU Extension has always been one of the top tier extension programs in America. Always was. We knew it in North Carolina when I was there. You were always one of the, you know, I'd look at you and I'd think, man, they're doing some good stuff in this. We're still this idea. So that, that was a great history here. That was, it, it was not broken. Uh, there was nothing like that. It was like, how do you take this though and lift it up? What can you do to really amplify this work? And that's what it became. It, yeah, I remember going into colleges here. Um, a lot of folks don't know this. I, I spent an enormous amount of time. Yeah, I was all over the state. But when I wasn't all over the state, I was in colleges. I was spending enormous amount of time with deans and their uh, leadership teams to learn about their colleges. Because one of the things I felt like, I believed there was a lot of engagement outreach work going on, but it wasn't coordinated here. Mm-hmm. So what I found were things like in the law school, the Veterans Clinic. I'd stumbled across that. And they were doing some great things in mid-Missouri. I said, well, can we scale that to every county office? And we did. <laughs> it's available statewide. I didn't have to do it. was already going on. It was a dot connect. Uh, School of Business, they wanted to do a program for their students uh, as juniors to have internships and to have these applied learning experiences in communities. So Edge program was born. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have, we didn't create it. They created it. All we are is a connector to make it happen. Uh, you, you can go across so many different, uh, journalism school came to us. They want to do research in certain areas of communication or Working on uh, one of the recent ones was vaccine adoption. Why some people uh, took the vaccine, some didn't. That's a great conversation. Uh, we enabled them to go into the research and to work with stakeholders. Uh, we, we become a bridge to community in that case. It worked very well. Uh, broadband. I mean, we got all over broadband when I got mm-hmm. here. I saw it as a huge need. We see broadband, and I'll give Extension tremendous credit on this. Not me, but this Extension body became almost a a force of nature to get their stakeholders, community stakeholders involved in this. If you look at the state of Missouri today, over about a four or five year period per capita, we received more federal money from the federal level to for broadband deployment per capita as any state in America. And that a credit for that goes to a lot of stakeholders, a lot of partners we work with, Farm Bureau, Department of Agriculture, the governor's office. There's been a lot of people involved, but extension cranked it up locally. And that got people excited about it, that we need this. And we're still very involved in that work to, mm-hmm. to see that. We were somewhere in the mid-40s. We're now in the mid-30s. People say, well, gosh, we still got a lot. Well, yeah, we do. But we've come a long ways in a very short period of time. You're talking six and a half years. You jump 10 points uh, in, the, in federal rankings mm-hmm. of broadband. Mm-hmm. That's enormous. Uh, we've got a long ways to go. Uh, but I'm excited. There was no broadband office when I came here. You know, we worked with the Department of Ag and the uh, Farm Bureau and the governor's office and others to help make that happen. And I give a lot of credit to the university for allowing us to get in that space because that's, that's an unusual space for a university. Most universities don't get in that. Uh, but uh, we got really involved in that because if you get broadband infrastructure, you can deliver education incredibly well now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that became a thing and digital agriculture. And there's so many applications for that work. Uh, so that becomes important. So, uh, yeah, it, to me, it's about not not what's important to us, but what do these people need? What are they needing? And what maybe, you know, there's another great saying uh, that I heard once I got here is that people don't know what they don't know. They don't miss what they never had. Hmm. They don't know what they don't know. They don't miss what they never had. So part of our job is not only to respond to what they need, but it's also to, so to inform them of what they can have. Mm-hmm. And examples, broadband's example, there were people who said, well, 
that's expensive. Do we really need it in our community? Yes, you need it. So we had to do educational efforts to really help lots of folks locally understand better why this was needed. And that seems what you think, well, people should know that. Not necessarily. Uh, again, if you never had it, you don't know what you're missing. Right, right. So it wasn't, it, it, it's just, that's just reality. And so we did a lot of work around that. So I look at all that work that's been done, great faculty and staff across the state, as well as on campus, great partners from the State Chamber of Commerce to the Missouri Hospital Association. I can go down the list of the United Way. I mean, there's so many people that we've worked with that have just been wonderful partners. And I really believe this. I said this yesterday uh, in one of my uh, sessions I was with UMKC on, if you don't care who gets the credit, if you, if you get your eyes off of that, this is not original with me, and you focus on the need, you'll get more credit than you ever deserve. And I would contend that MU Extension, Extension Engagement University of Missouri, is as highly understood and known today. Still got a long ways to go, but I do believe the visibility and understanding of it is better than ever, and it's because we focused on the work. Do your work well. <laughs> this is fundamental. Get the work done. Yeah. Have, have the proof. If you got that, people will come to you. And uh, certainly during COVID was a good example, too, of where our folks really pivoted and really delivered things that people were, were hurting. And it, had it not been for extension, stepping in with educational programs and other things to help, whether it's farmers and ranchers or working with youth development programs. I mean, we, we've reached audiences during COVID we would have never reached otherwise. And they're still with us. Yeah. You know, we were reaching somewhere north of a million, million, two people prior to that. Now our numbers are well over two million. A lot of that is because of our capacity to touch lives in different ways now. And uh, and we, we did it. And I say we because it wasn't me. I can't do Zooms every day. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, that's not my thing. And I don't do Facebook Live every day. So, But it is about people saying, okay, what have we got to do to serve? And again, it goes back to that same idea that we serve Missouri and we deliver Missouri. Absolutely. Well, what, what's been your favorite moment? Here at Mizzou. Oh my gosh, uh, there's been a lot of them. Um, I don't know that there's been one moment. I think it's about um, moments. Um, the best thing in the world for me is to see somebody that comes to work for us. I had an email yesterday, and I'm not going to say the name. Uh, we've got one, of, and she may be watching for all I know. Uh, there's a, a lady that came up to me, one of our newer employees, uh, talked to me in a recent uh, professional development activity we're having on campus and uh, told me her story. Uh, she had, uh, she's working with us now and uh, she never had the opportunity to finish her degree mm. uh, and she wants to. And she said, I have tried to figure out how to navigate back into Mizzou to do that. It's just, and she told me that not, nobody was doing anything wrong. It's just some of the bureaucracies. And so I said, send me your information. Let me see what we can do. And uh, I got the email yesterday. She's been accepted to the University of Missouri. No. She's going to finish her degree. Uh, wow. There's a lot of little moments that yeah. people don't know about. And I got yeah. that email and I sent her an email back last night. And she told me more about the program. You know, to see people achieve, to see people win. And you know, winning means a lot of things, different people. Mm -hmm. I love to see people win. You know, and if I can help somebody achieve something that they didn't think they could ever do, that's that's absolute goal for me. It's um, And I've seen people do that. I've seen... Uh, program directors that we have today, you know, come and, and I've seen them evolve as presenters. I've seen them get up today and they own it. Yeah. <laughs> they just own it. I see people in our executive team that 
go that used to be a bit tentative and now they just own the moment you know not not in a in a forceful way but they, they just have the confidence to go and I, I think that I think that so it's not one moment it's series of moments that you see where people are achieving more than they thought they could doing it in a confident and competent way mm-hmm. and I think maybe somehow I nudged them into that space they weren't comfortable in and suddenly they're doing it that's to yeah. me there's nothing better Yes. And, and that uh, holds true with me as well. I've, I felt very, very grateful for the time that you've spent one-on-one just in mentoring me too. So, um, that's part of being old, you get to be a mentor. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I'll tell you, you're a great one. And, and so what are you, I want to respond here. I see Julaine. So Julaine is so sweet. She is one of our avid supporters here at Missouri Training Institute. Uh, she was also retired from campus dining services. Mm-hmm. She was a leader there, but she's asking, what do you see as the next steps for extension? Yeah. I, I, well, first of all, I think extension here is poised for just great things. There, there's, there's a couple things that I think extension has to do, and this will be nothing new, mm-hmm. uh, but I think you have to be bold and you have to be transformational. If we've done anything in the last six and a half years, and I say we, we've been bold. I mean, really bold. <laughs> and we've been transformational. Uh, we've not been afraid. Uh, we have been fearless. We have, we've taken things and just, and, and not been reckless. We've been strategic. We've been, we knew we were right on the data and we just kept going. And we just said we, we were, we're going to be relentless. So I think boldness and transformation are fundamental to the future of extension here in Missouri and, and nationwide. Um, I think as you look forward, I think there's going to be a lot more opportunity to reach more audiences using all the technologies we have today. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have to figure out how to embrace that and get our clientele to. Uh, existing clientele uh, want both now. They want face-to-face and they want the virtual format, which is going to put more work on our people to figure out how to do that. I think we've got to learn how to do it well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think those kinds of things... Um, I think the the future is also about being more deeply engaged in the institution. If you look, at, if you listen to Dr. Choi talk, when he talks about the University of Missouri, he talks about research, he talks about teaching, he talks about engagement. You know, we are fundamentally at the core mission of the institution here and also the system. Uh, you don't want to ever let that get away. Mm-hmm. That that you, you want to be there because that that's core. Uh, so I think the future is really bright. I think it's unlimited. It's just a matter of creativity, boldness, and transformation. And, and to be aggressive, uh, you, you have to take some risks. We've taken some. Yeah. You know, I, I look at things like All Things Missouri. Um, uh, I know that many of our viewers will remember Chris Fulcher probably who was here. And Chris came in my office, had this idea. I'd seen data scattered everywhere. And I said, is there a way to create a site where all data can come into one point? And he said, yeah, we can do that. And I said, well, I'd like to do that. And he said, I said, and we had this conversation. And he said, I said, well, how long will that take? He said, well, it's usually about 18 months, two years. And I said, I don't have that. He said, how long have you got? I said, 60 days. Oh boy. And so, and, <laughs> and, and then I picked him up on the floor yeah. and in 60 days we launched. And, um, and I said, we're going to do an iterative process. We're going to throw it out there and let the, let the clientele pull it. And today it is, it is an, it is an iconic thing in this country, yeah. literally, other states marvel at it. How did you pull that off? I didn't do it. Great talent, great people who know that space, who were challenged to go do it. And I give Chris and, and the other Chris's that work in there all the credit for, uh, for, for pulling it off and doing it. And it is, it's, it's, a, it's a remarkable thing. Our ability to look at data today and digital, in a digital format on our phone or on technology, you were asked, somebody asked about the future, that using data to make decisions 
is so critical because you and, and you got to do it real time. You, you can't you can't wait 18 months. Extension historically, not just at Mizzou, but historically had been sort of incremental and moving. You got to move fast. You got to be nimble. You got to you got to be able to pivot fast. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't believe maybe as strongly as some do in the whole idea of strategic planning. I believe you need a you need a you need to plan strategically mm-hmm. and you need a strategy. And that strategy is probably on one page, if that, that really guides you is principles you're going to go with is uh, things like servos already delivered with zoo that gives you a framework. Now you got to put some legs under it. So it gets really focused. But the point is you got to be nimble, flexible, move with, move with times. You can't wait, do a five-year plan. It used to be any, I, I've done these. Uh, when I go back and look at my history, I remember doing five-year plans <laughs> and seven-year plans the move, the world's moving in seconds, yeah. and you got to figure out how to have a strategy that gets you moving forward, but also nimbleness to, to shift and to adapt when conditions change. Absolutely, and I'm going to go to one of our questions now. Um, I'm seeing on our our Mentimeter here. What characteristics or skills does a new leader coming into your position? Need oh, that's a great question. Well, I think first and foremost, you better love people. Uh, if you don't love people, you're not going to do well at this. Uh, you got to love people. You got to have the energy to do it. Uh, it's, it is, it is tiring. Uh, you hate to have, uh, but you also need to have balance in your life. I think most of you that have watched, been around at any time at all know that I do take time off. Um, I try to, if, if I can, I'll, I'll give you some, this is behind the scenes stuff. Uh, staff, <laughs> the staff knows this, the team that's around me. They know that if I can get home by midnight, you get him home. Uh, no matter where he is in the state, get him home. Uh, that's really important because it's balanced in my life mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't, I don't need to be out later. Now, if I can't, the reason I don't is because of safety. <laughs> I, I need to be careful not to be on the road too late, but get him home. Um, I, I'm really careful about scheduling my time. Uh, one of the things the team here learned was that if it's, a, if it's a meeting in D.C., he wants to get there just as the meeting's starting, and he'll probably, if the meeting ends at 3 o'clock, uh, he's probably going to be getting out of there by noon because nothing happens after t- between two and th- 12 and three anyway, in most of those meetings in Washington. So he's out there, he's coming home. Uh, so balancing all that, whoever that leader is, they need to understand that yeah. this, this job can eat you alive. Uh, and, and it's a hard, it's a hard job, but it's also a exhilarating job. If you like to do this kind of work, um, you got to trust your team. Uh, you got to build talent around you. I will tell you today, and this needs to be said, that when I look at the sort of the executive team that I sit with on Monday mornings at 11 o'clock, we have a, a round table. There is no better team in America that does this kind of work than I have sitting around me right now. It, it is. And it, it is, in fact, the best team. I've had some wonderful teams around me throughout the years. But when I look at how they interact and how less how much less I have to do because they know what to do. Uh, it is. You asked me earlier things I'm proud of. I'm really proud of that team. That team is is locked in. Uh, they are an exemplar on this campus. Other people recognize their talent. Other people realize we got something special going on over here. And people say, how in the world did you get that team? I was in a meeting yesterday where parts of that team were in the room uh, working with a significant partner on the horizon for extension. I can't go into who that is yet. Hmm. Uh, late afternoon meeting yesterday. Uh, and one of the principals in that other partner group said, this is an incredible team. And I said, yep, it is. <laughs> they, they are. They, they know what to do. They're professional. They're, they execute. 
Dr. Choi, I'll, I'll put him on the line here. He's even commented at times. He said, your people just know what to do. They, they, he said that they're professional. They, they get it. They carry themselves well. They represent the university well. And I, and I, and I, and I'm, I'm grateful for that because that has enabled us to do better. So that leader needs to get that. They need to understand you're not going to do this all yourself. It is about we. It is about that. And if they have those fundamentals, I, will, I do believe you're going to have some great talent on this job. It's a it's a premier <laughs> job in the country for this kind of work. So uh, hang on. You're going to you're going to uh, you're going to have some uh, some selection to do, I think, when it gets down to it. My goodness. Well, I want to be respectful of your time, Dr. Stewart. And this has been a great conversation. Thank you very, very much. Um, I guess final question. What are you most looking forward to as you transition over to yeah. Kansas State? Well, uh, K-State's a great opportunity. Uh, a, little bit of, a little bit of background on that. Uh, their university was the first operational land grant in the country. Uh, they mm-hmm. were the first to go wow. live, uh, 1863, uh, something I've learned. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, they, they, they're very proud of that. Um, I think the thing I'm looking forward to is to, is to take the things I've done here and I did and early in my career before coming here. And that work will inform what I do there. But what got me here won't get me there kind of thing. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a new job. This job is different than this one. Uh, Brianna, you heard me say this earlier. I would never go anywhere else and do this again. Uh, This has been the capstone of my career in extension engagement work. It is done. Uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been been just an absolute pleasure to do this work. Um, but going there, I, what I look forward to, I will head up government relations. I'll head up wow. military affairs. I'll head up, <laughs> head up all of their work. If, if you think about the, the way their president described it, he said, if anything, he said, I've got a provost here who really works on the inside of the university. They're the internal person. This role, which they've never had before, it's a brand new role, will do everything outside. So I'll work in partnership with athletics, with alumni. With their foundation, I'll work in partnership with their office of engagement, which they have, and they'll report up through us. Uh, but they're, they're, so anything that goes off that campus, we're going to deal with. And communications will report up to me, too, which is interesting. Um, so I just think this is a great opportunity. Um, I want folks to know that there's nothing wrong here, though. I have, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's just it's just time to do this. If I'm going to go do it, I need to do it. And I think people do understand that. It has been the joy of my career, though, to be at the University of Missouri. And I know good things are ahead of K-State, and I'll probably be saying those same things in four or five years there. But uh, it's, uh, it's I'm looking forward to that and the new challenges. Uh, but the University of Missouri and the state of Missouri, in particular the state of Missouri, took me on as an adopted son. Mm-hmm. And for that, I'm forever grateful. And this will always be a home, a home mm-hmm. for Marshall Stewart Jan Stewart. Absolutely. Well, you have been a blessing to the University of Missouri and to Extension and just to all of us from faculty, staff. Thank you for everything that you've done You're welcome. over the last six and a half years. Yep. Goodness. It's been my pleasure. Ours as well. If you had questions we didn't get to today, please send them to me and I'll, uh, I'll get them to Dr. Yeah. Stewart. We'll get them answered for you. But MTI at Missouri.edu. Uh, and to go ahead and, and steal it from Ray. Uh, until next time, go be great. 
Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Workplace.